0: Today's daf is daf Chavva Amar Aleph, this is the daf for Shabbos So uh, the gemara says, the mission says, two lines on top, the kulon shahoyah, we're talking about people with suspicions, you're not allowed to in any way give any credence or suspicions, so therefore you shouldn't marry if you were the witness who enabled the woman to get married, or if you're the rav that caused the woman to get divorced, you're not allowed to um, marry them afterwards. So be said, all of these cases, the Chacham who, who couldn't be mata nether, or the one who said before nectar, so we need his testimony to, for the get to be valid. Or somebody testifies a woman he says, you know, that uh, your husband died. All of these be said that they cannot marry these women, but they had their, they already married their own wives. The Mason and then their wives died, then muttodas l-nasalala married, because there's no suspicions, because uh, while their wives were alive, they didn't marry them, and then after the wife died, why shouldn't they? So then it's all right. And all of these three cases of the women that they testified about married other people, strangers. Then vinyizgashi got divorced, is almana, or they became widows. Then muttodas l again, we see that wasn't a, a plan because they actually married somebody else. It didn't work out. So therefore, they yeah, there's no suspicion anymore. The Kulan, but all of these cases, even though we say that you shouldn't marry them, because you, it's your testimony that enabled it to, to be divorced. but of name, the brothers of children are allowed to marry them. There's no suspicions there. Says the Gemara, "Sent here, may in only if their wives died. This if they divorced. If this or this aid divorced their wives, then then seemed to partly suspicious. You the Rashi, but Taney, but else. We're just opposite. If guy leave, they divorced their wives. The witness divorces wife. He's allowed to marry the woman that he talked about. Like Kashi, depending on the circumstances. I heard a thought, If there was an existing, this, uh, you know, uh, argument between him and his wife, and there was no Shalom Bayis already, there, then there's no suspicion, and he divorced his wife eventually, then no, no suspicion. the love that there's no, there's a peaceful home, and suddenly out of the blue he divorced her. And married the other woman, obviously that's suspicious. That's no good. Or you might say, there's no arguments. But who started the argument? If he began the argument as a pretext to divorce her, then we don't trust him. If he started the argument then and he lost her, then it's perfectly all right. It's above board, above suspicion. Let me move further. Because right now we thought misa misa Gaelish, and Gaelish. Some of the cases we had before was where a man divorced his wife. For example, the witness said the phone and next I saw the get being written, so she was divorced. The other case was where the man said uh, the aide said I saw your wife die, and then it says over here. And if they married a stranger and they died, and they became a widow, or they were divorced. Sounds like it could have been that it happened twice to her already that her husband died. Now we're going to have an interesting argument here about a, a case where a woman was, uh, had two husbands when they died, we call a black widow. So it's called a katlan. According to Rebbe, two times is already a chazaka, and you shouldn't really marry her because it doesn't spell good. According to Rebbe, it has to be three times a chazaka. That's when it comes to misa. When it comes to divorce, Rashi holds the same thing. A woman was divorced twice. According to Rebbe, you shouldn't marry. According to Rebbe, if a woman was divorced three times, you shouldn't marry. According to chapters on the page, divorce. There's no such law that there's a cap on how many divorces there are. It just didn't work out. It didn't work out. No matter how many times. It's only a question of death. We call the katlanis or not. And even that later on the Gemara we might learn that you, you can qualify that further. Says the Gemara: "Gedush Gedush, your name must be like the Rabbi says. It says double Gedush. and says you're not allowed to marry. It seems our Mishnah doesn't agree with the Rabbi. Because the be Hama, but today's Mishnah have a if the husband dies twice. It's a chazaka, and and therefore you shouldn't receive the katlanis." The case of death, well, if, if it says if the, if the husband died, that's talking about where the first time around she was divorced. In the case where she was divorced the second time, the first time around she was, the husband died. So it's not two cases of the same thing. Then you tell me they're all permitted, the children, the brothers, we're not worried, how is this any different? now we learned, if there's somebody suspicious suspected of having relations with a married woman, also, he's not allowed to then be and marry the, the woman's mother, daughter, or, or sister, because the, the woman that they were suspicious about will come saying hello, and then you'll resume your relationship. So how come over there we're worried about extended family and our mission here? We're not worried about the brothers and the children. What's the difference between men and women? Because so you want to tell you the difference. Women usually hang around women's houses, so there's a good chance that the other women will hang around, including the woman that was suspicious about to, to who you're married to. Whom you're married to. Men don't hang around men's houses, they're busy, they work, they don't, they're not so social. And therefore, we're not worried that that a man will come to, um, to the um, let's say, the man will come visit his son or his brother, and then he'll end up uh, having relations with a that woman. That's one way of looking at it. Another interesting way. If, let's say, a married man has had relations with, with a woman, he does not become usher to his wife. So they so the wives are not so particular, and um, and therefore we don't want you're yeah, not so particular. So therefore we don't want that um, your brother, or your father to marry because uh, whatever. But but men, if they if they have a relationship with a married woman, that married woman has to to her husband. Her husband is going to be very um, vigilant and make sure nothing happens. they their be very 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 vigilant and make sure that. Uh, that nothing happens. So therefore, in in what do you call? So therefore, we're not so worried. So what about the father? Why is he only mentioned brothers and, and and thing? Your father also we should we should be sort of, should allow to marry this woman. You're right. You would have thought that a father, the child, uh, he would definitely be embarrassed to have anything to do with his father's wife. So, so therefore, that's why permitted. But the brothers and children, maybe he has enough chutzpah to, uh, to have a relationship with their wives to so, one um, That we're not worried. Hadn't Keitad Aish's Back to Yivamas. Okay, so we already had most of this mission before already. Abu and the four brothers, Ruben Shim and Levi Huddish. Nine ministers of Haji Ruben and Shimon married two sisters. The Mason Ruben and Shimon died. And Now, the problem is that Levi and Yehuda have two women to be to marry or Yubama, but they're sisters. Each one of them is which is the, Rabbana, that the sister of the one that, that you, you know, I'm married, the sister of your wife. These it's like they're, 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 the, they're the sister of your wife, Rabbana, you cannot marry them, but you could, so therefore, you still have to do something. If you didn't listen to us and you married one of them, we're going to chase you out. It's not like before when we had there were two wives, one of them was a Kurdish, we're not sure, we're not sure if they're the sister or not if we're in the case we're not sure we said don't do it but if you did okay here this, the Rabbana said clearly you're not marry either and if you did we're gonna force you to divorce her Now says actually says he came. they could once he did it they could live together and besil says you see then they have to divorce her because you get you defy the words of next case we had it before as well Right in the beginning the whole gemizachter. Let's say that, was married to one sister, Shimon to another sister. One of those sisters is the mother-in-law of Levi. So therefore, when Reuben and Shimon died, as far as Levi is concerned, he only has one woman available to be a Yibamba. that is mother-in-law's error. So for him, he's allowed to marry that other woman. So also, he's forbidden with her, but he's allowed to marry the sister because there's no, there's no the, the, the other sister doesn't exist for him. So it's not the, the wife, the sister of his zakuk. There's no zakuk here. But the but this, the Yehuda cannot marry either one again. Each one is the sister of his Zakuk. What about Isamitsikadusha? What about that, the, that one of the wives, Rubanashiva's wives, was an Isa which is only with Rabban to Levi, which Mahapeda really you could marry With Rabban, he can't so Mahatayda, it's so he cannot marry either one as well. <laughs> And the two sisters married to Rivushim, and then, then straight easy. the one that's forbidden to Levi is per, totally permitted to Yehuda uh, to marry because it's not the sister of his, his zakuk, because the other one is forbidden to Yehuda. And this is what we said before. sister the sister, let's say, an Arab she's suitable to be your sister-in-law because the other one is your is forbidden to you, like your mother-in-law. Then you can do either one, Khalifa or Yib. So you, you about, uh, why can't you marry two sisters? Why can't you marry either one? Is layman, you why can't you marry the one? Because each one is a sister of the Zakok. So we had a whole argument before whether there's a concept of Zakika when, when, let's say, Reuben dies. Is the woman automatically tied to the other ones, bonded to the other ones? And clearly from here, you see they are. Because you have a concept of a Chayskukasa. has been approved from mm-hmm. here. There is a concept of bonding. Let's see. They're coming once from Reuben, once from Shimon. So highly Yav, Why can't lady marry one of them? You could marry one of them. Because the only problem here is each one is a sister of the other one that's also bonded to you, so we see the concept of bonding exists. So you want to know? Like we had before the there's another possible explanation. Lady, look, There's no bonding. Ah, if there's no bonding, why can't lady marry one and you the other one? Because remember the problem is as follows: Let's say lady marries one of them, and you who is supposed to marry the other, but but you dies before he marries the other one. So what happened to the other one? Now, Levi has to marry, but Levi can't because he's really married to his sister. So, now she walks out scot free. You robbed her from a mitzvah of Ibn or Chalitza. That's why we don't want to do that. We're scared that Yehuda might die. Nothing to do with bonding. So, they wanted another possible reason. there's no bonding, and we should tell oh, also the of would worry, Adam Yavim, by the time Yehuda wants to marry, <coughs> Levi marries her, and then by the time Yehuda marries her, uh, Yehuda dies. So why limit it to two brothers? Even if you have three brothers in waiting, why can't you worry that two of the brothers will die and the same thing will apply? Sorry. Why talk about four brothers? Talk about three brothers. So Reuben and die. There's two women here now available for labor. We don't say the concept. There's no bonding, so he can really marry either one he wants. And the reason why we don't want to is because in case. In case Levi dies, and both of them suddenly walk out free, so you don't have to talk about four. You can talk about uh, three brothers as well. Only one brother there. <clears throat> um, if you learn this bonding, the chiddush is that even though there's two brothers, so that we don't know who's bonded to who. Nevertheless, you know we we don't want it to marry each one. they said the sister of the of the bonding. <clears throat> um, so, but if, but if you're talking about you're robbing for the mitzvah, three brothers for sure. so about well, you're right. If there's three brothers, and I'm gonna die, three brothers, and there's two sisters there, surely one of them is gonna have to go out free. You cannot marry both of them. You cannot marry both of them. And therefore, if you're gonna go ahead and marry one of them, you automatically took away the mitzvah from the other one. So therefore, we say, you know what, give khalisa to both. Nobody's dying there. It's just that if you're going to marry one, automatically the other one is a sister of, of your wife. And if we go scot-free, we don't want both, any of them to go scot-free, they have a mitzvah So you know what, give them both chalits. The chiddush here is that we, but my two surviving brothers, we scared one of them will die. But if that's what we would really have thought. no, no, we worry about even, even though it's a remote possibility, the young people, suddenly one of them is going to die, but it could happen. So, and Why stop at four, at four brothers? Say five brothers, even a bigger Kiddush. And the three surviving brothers, the two of them will die. Um, so, we're not worried that two brothers are going to die. And that's going to be the difference which reason we follow if we follow the reason because they're bonded to the brothers and each one's a sister of the one you're bonding. I don't care how many surviving brothers you are, um, you cannot marry any of these girls because each one is a sister of your and therefore you have to give them halitsa. But if the reason we're worried is that you're going to rob them from the mitzvah hebam, it's only talking about that two surviving brothers. If there's three plus surviving brothers, we're not worried more than one guy will die, then definitely you can marry one of the sisters because there's no we don't believe in bonding. You can marry one of them and another brother marries the other one. Okay. We learn a concept that is that there's a strong chalitza and a weak chalitza. What's the definition of a strong chalitza? A strong chalitza is where this woman, you could have married her. So no, but it's not just uh, she's there, you need to give her a divorce. You actually have a potential for a very strong relationship. Comes on the chalitza and sever that relationship. That's called a strong chalitza. A weak chalitza is where I could never have married this woman. She's a sister of of the Zakuk. I could never have married her. If I could never have married her, then the chalitza is is a weak chalitza. Because anyway, our relationship is very tenuous. It's not very strong. And therefore, the chalitza is a weak chalitza. And why is that relevant? As we'll soon see, that a strong chalitza perhaps can only not only exempt this woman, but exempt also her tzara, her co-wife. But a weak chalitza maybe does not exempt the co-wife, and you'll have to give a separate chalitza to the co-wife, as we will see in the Umar Three sisters, the Obama, and three sisters the Obama, that fell before two brothers. So Reuben, Shimon and Lady were married to three sisters, and then Yehuda, and they died. Are and and the ones who are surviving. So each one requires a given chalitza. Now you can't marry any of them because each one is a sister of the Zakuk. So therefore you give chalitza to one. But the other brother, the other survives, Yisrael gives chalitza to one and remains still one more woman that requires something. And The middle one needs chalitza from them both. Now, this middle one, uh, and what's the logic? is very simple. You tell me that the other ones, each one gets one chalitza, and that's enough, they're free. But when it comes to the third sister, she needs chalitza from both brothers. Why? Because her chalitza is a weak chalitza. Why is her chalitza a weak chalitza? Because she can never marry. Um, you hold that uh, there is a bond. Right, so they're all sisters of a bond, and bahav lo chalitza psula. It's a weak uh, chalitza because if he wants to marry the third sister, he can't marry the third sister. Like Someone asked asking a question: you can't marry the first two either, but he cannot marry the third sister. Why not? Because each, because she is a sister of a chalitza. A chalitza is treated like a divorced woman. You to marry the sister if you're a married woman, divorced. You cannot marry a sister. Even though it's only the rabbanim, so she is considered a sister of, of a chalitza for both of them. So, so Yehuda and Yisrael cannot kind of marry her. So, so, so they, if we have to give a chalitza. So a weak, weak chalitza. Then both brothers have to give a chalitza to, to sever her ties. The khalitza psula, a weak chalitza tzadik lacks are Then both brothers, anyone who who's, has to give her that khalitza to, to, to sever the ties. So the mother if so kamaisen ami. He says so, more as a question. What about the first two? The first two also he cannot marry either one of them we just said before that each woman there is a sister of a zakuk so he hasn't none of them could be married so how come the first two we say it's enough if if you know if, if Yehuda gives the chalitza to one and 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 then that's enough and you gives the other one that's enough why is that enough he couldn't Yehudi couldn't marry the girl saying well you're right um you're right if they both um they <clears throat> If, what are you called? If, if Reuben and Shimon, let's say, if, sorry, Reuben Shimon died. If Yehuda was planning to give, um, let's say Reuben died, and before Reuben's wife received Chalitza, Shimon died. So now you have two women available to use each one of the So you're right. Then they're also, they need a Chalitza from each of the brothers because each one is a weak Chalitza because none of them can get married. No difference in the first, second, or third. But we know what we're talking about here. Eden of and I mean, both women become available at the same time. You're right. Here we're talking about the cases. First, Reuben died, and, uh, and she received Chalitza. She, she's out of the and went, at that time, she could have married a, a brother because there's no sister of Azach. She was still alive. Um, and then, and what happened was well, the first Reuben's wife died. Okay, you might use the, the names in a different than we did. Chalitza Reuben. Let's say Reuben, is surviving brothers. So one of them died. Reuben gave her chalitza, so she's out of the equation. and the other woman died. The Gemara has names all the way around. Then Chalut Shimon. Shimon gave a chalitza. So each one of these received their chalitza when they could have married. Now the third one is too late because she's a sister of a chalitza. Remember, two sisters equal to like either khoslahaim of kizakosa, then each one has to give khalitza. Why? Because this one takes away part of his bond and khaloz lahym of takes away his bond. And over there, there's not a choice to marry her because she is a sister of a chalut. Says the Gemara. <clears throat> Uh, what do you call it? Well, didn't the Rav say? Rav holds this thing as bonding. So what do you tell me The Rav is the one who says? right? said But only the third sister, not the first two. And he says hey, then, because of, um, the, the, the first two you tell me is only if they um, because the sister of a bonding must be talking about a case where each one received chalitza when they couldn't marry but I believe the whole concept of bonding So he says Mm -hmm. is not giving his own opinion. He's saying according to one of the whole founding. This is how it works. So the third sister is the one is the one that has to, um, she cannot marry, so she's the one that needs a chalitza from both of them, and the first two don't. In a case where for um, where the first one received her chalitza when she could have married, and then later on the second one received her chalitza when she could have married, because the other one's out of the picture, it's only the third one she's a sister of a chalitza. says the mother, Shmuel says, Shmuel says that one person, one brother, gives chalitza from them all. Mechdi, uh, let's understand. Um, it seems that one brother gives chalitza to all three sisters, that's what it seems like saying the a mechdi let's understand Shmuel also believes in the concept you need a strong chalitza when is chalitza effective really for everybody more than just one if you can turn that into a marriage Shmuel says Reuben and Shemuel married to two sisters okay the more has the other way around so it's a bit hard for me to turn myself around but uh, let's say Yehud um, and laban Yehuda married two sisters, and each one of them has another wife as well, that a co-wife. So now they, if a uh, and uh, if would die, and they become available to Rivshim, and um, if you gave Chalitza to the sisters, the Taurus are not exempt. Why? Because the Chalitza to the sisters is weak. Why the, to the sisters are weak? Because you couldn't marry the sisters, because each one is the is the sister of Yizakok. Ruben Shimm, uh, you know, but the two brothers died, and so now you cannot marry either of the two sisters. So if you gave them Khalitza, it's a weak Khalitza because they never could have turned into a marriage. It doesn't exempt the co-wife, they need a separate Khalitza. So Khalla Khala is hecha de kaimer khalitza de shimmer, khalitza k shad uh, khalasla ruba, khalitza, psulla. So the khidah received from that it's if, if it's a weak khalitza, it doesn't work. So how can Shmuel say that they're all that one person gave, the moment that he gave Khalitza to one of the wives, the rest of the women are now sisters of a chalitza. so therefore he could never marry them, so we, Khalitza. So how's it work? So you're right. He says that he can give them to all. He's talking about, uh, on the middle one, the third one, after, Shimon, after the, the other two wives already received um, receive their halitzas. They, they receive good ones. The third one now is an achays halutza. She is a weak halutza. She can never marry because she's a sister of a halutza. Because she's a weak one, then one of the other brothers who already gave halutza to one can give a halutza again because you don't need a strong halutza anymore. Um, and therefore, he thinks, he believes, that a weak halutza, you don't need all the brothers to contribute, like we said before with Av. He said that a weak halutza on the contrary, because it's weak, one brother can give, a, uh, and that's enough. Says Gemara, b'ha He says over here that wow, that one brother can give all three. Gemara so says, even the rube gabe k'dle kulon, because one brother is going to give one chalitza, another brother will give two chalitzas. So it's called as if he gave them all, because the majority is like all of it. Or he I say more, I can tell you the following: keep k'amba you need a very strong mechitza hani midol miftetz If you want to use one chalitza to exempt two wives of one man, one of the um, two wives, you need a strong chalitza. Uh, so if you want to also accept the co-wife, the woman that you're giving to, and the co-wife, I will to the to But um, for for one person, even a weak chalitza is good enough. So therefore, one brother, one brother gives chalitza to all three, because there's no co-wives in that story. There's three sisters married to three to three brothers. He can give to all three because there's no co-wife.